We had something called the Iron Curtain, and there was, you know, marketing lines were blocked as far as free and fair markets. Everybody wanted a pair of Levi's. I mean, that was huge. Welcome to Fashion Cast, the fashion industry's premier podcast where we explore all things fashion, from designers and the latest styles to sustainability and breaking fashion news, we keep you informed. Now, enjoy the show with your hosts, Michael Gloucester and me, Christine Tuck Tuck. We are at 12 Oaks Mall. We are here at Fashion Speak and Verge, and we are with the founder, I think, of this entire event. Correct me if I'm wrong, Karen Bushimi. Karen can you introduce yourself, please? Sure. I'm Karen Bushimi. I am the president and founder of Detroit Garment Group. And yes, this is Fashion Speak, which is our fashion conference, and then Verge Trade Show and Market. Wow, you sound so good. <laughs> yes, yes. You should be out. Yeah, you should be over here. Interv- you should be interviewing yourself. Yeah. So how many years have you been doing this? So we are seven years old now. Seven so We years. started in 2012. So this is our seventh Fashion Speak. And that is a conference that focuses on the business of fashion. And then it is our third Verge trade show. And our first year also introducing Verge as a market so that the vendors can have all the shoppers from 12 Oaks plus the attendees from Fashion Speak come and shop their local goods. So is this your first event at 12 Oaks? First event at 12 Oaks. Yeah, Taubman has been our presenting sponsor of Fashion Speak since our very first Fashion Speak. And after the last one... Um, Lori McGee, who is with Tommen and is on my board, said, you know, we should really think about doing this at 12 Oaks next year. And I was like, okay, we're done. Okay, we're, we're good. Okay. <laughs> well, and it's so crowded here. I can, mm-hmm. I can barely find a place to park. I Isn't mean, it the perfect place to shop local? Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, it's great. So, yeah, kudos to you for pulling that off. So, I guess we're more interested in the designer aspect of this. Okay. You know? So, who's inter who's allowed to participate or do they have to qualify or do they have to show a portfolio or where do they have to be in their career to participate in this? We are pretty open to that. One of the things for us is we're an education nonprofit first and foremost. So we know that for a lot of these designers, this is their first ever trade show. So it comes with a lot of education, how to speak succinctly and effectively to buyers and to shoppers. So for us, we really are open to the emerging designer who is doing this for the first time and maybe doesn't know how to set up a booth yet or how to, you know, really bring somebody into their booth and start getting them to understand why they want to purchase from them. So they don't have to be somebody who has like a certain amount of sales or who has had a business for a certain amount of time. They apply and, you know, as long as they've got a, a good sellable product, they're in. I love this whole concept because that's part of the podcast is to really give these emerging designers some kind of a forum. Because what we've found, you know, long before the podcast is that the designers, you know, they're kind of like dentists. They're good at certain things that they do, but <laughs> exactly. none of them are good at business. It's kind of weird. They're like really creative. Now you find, you know, one or two that but there's a real specific reason for that, and it's because we have all these wonderful fashion programs in the state, and none of them are teaching business courses to these designers. 
So they come out knowing their craft really well, but they don't know they don't what, know what to, to do with it. it. No, <laughs> exactly. No, no yeah. I mean, if this was New York and they could just go out and get an internship somewhere and start moving up the ladder until they've gotten a sufficient amount of experience where they say, okay, now I'm ready to roll out my first collection, it would be great. But they don't have those kinds of opportunities. They're very limited. And so a lot of them come out and they want to start as an entrepreneur, but they don't know how to write a business plan or create financial projections or even consider who their target audience is. They need that help. So being a part of an event such as this one, it can help them network and grow Absolutely. and build their brand. And I think it's always so amazing to see what happens when they come together and they are united with their fashion community. Uh-huh. Because most, most fashion designers work out of their homes. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's so, true. Alone. Right. Sewing away. <laughs> yeah. Right. Sewing, really. Yeah, so yeah. to come here and be inspired by each other and they start talking. We've had collaborations. We've had businesses start here. So it's exciting. Yeah. So this is a great way to get everybody together. Yeah. To, yeah. And to collaborate so one of the things i you know what you said was you know a lot of the fashion schools don't have business courses a lot of the designers may come out of school and then they're kind of confused about where to go and how to go about it are we losing some of these people to to new york and to la and for sure for sure and the the thing is is the fashion drain and That's one of the things that we stand for is to keep our talent in our state by providing them the resources and the education and the opportunities to be able to stay here. We do lose them. And the thing is, is just because you've moved out of state also does not mean you're going to be successful as a designer. And, you know, sometimes we see them come back again and it's like, okay, how do we keep them now? What would you say the percentage of these designers are trying to sell their particular apparel or accessories online versus trying to partner with an established uh, retailer? It's a mix. I think that most of them are selling online, um, but there are some that you will find here today who are in stores, you know, and starting to go down that road of wholesale. But yeah, but some of them have never even considered wholesale. Yeah, that's yeah, that's amazing. I just love, I love, love, love this event. Yeah, it's exciting. So the other thing is, when you are you primarily focused on the apparel piece, or you look? Are there some of the designers here? It seems to me. I think we had quick conversations with some jewelry designers. There's some except one. One of the gals was involved with just yeah the bags, accessories. So are you seeing the whole gamut? Are you seeing you know the whole gamut? Apparel, accessories. I think that we're really, really strong in accessories here. So everything from hats, jewelry, shoes, scarves. Absolutely. And then you're also seeing home goods here as well. Because we focus a lot on sewn goods, but then we also have to incorporate jewelry just because it's part of fashion and we have so many great jewelry designers who live in this state. So you have have your own business too. Yes. You're not just a altruistic fashion person. You're a designer as well? I am not a designer. I I have a sewing factory called Detroit Sewn. And it's in uh, downtown Pontiac, and we have been around for four years. Okay, so and how does that work? Let's say I have an idea for uh, a suit or, uh, you know, some jeans or something. Am I going to you? Are you putting together the patterns? Well, we don't make either of those things. um, Tell me, Christine, what would you like? (laughs) 
What's how, about a, how about yeah. a dress? Yeah, yeah, a dress, a blouse. Oh, okay. okay, yeah. Yeah, you know you know what you make well and what you uh-huh. don't and what you should say no to. And that sometimes takes a long time because when you start a business, you want to say yes to everything, right? Yeah. And then eventually you, you realize, okay, that's a big money loser for us. Or we can't do that well. We don't have that kind of machinery. So there are certain things that we don't make. But people come to us at um, all different levels places in their journey. So some of them have an idea, some of them have a sketch, some of them have samples made already, some of them have been producing overseas and want to come back to the US. It's a real range of clients that we've got. That's, That's good to know. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so how would people find you both places at Fashion Speak? How do they find you and how do they find you at your own separate company too? Um, so Detroit Garment Group has a website, DetroitGarmentGroup.org. We have a free membership up there. So sign up. It gives you an opportunity to get right on our forum and start talking to your fellow fashion people. And then you'll know like all of the events going on. And then Detroit Sewn, which is S-E-W-N, like sewing, um, is DetroitSewn.com. And what about on social media? Are you on Instagram? Heck yeah. Of course. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Of course. yeah you'll find us everywhere. Okay, great. Well, thank you for being on our podcast Thanks today. And we'll see me. you at the after party. Yep. Thanks, Heck Karen. Yes. Yeah, for yes. sure. <laughs> thank you. Welcome back to Fashion Cast. We have Efredita, a PR consultant here in Michigan. And uh, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Hello. So tell us about yourself. So I began in PR and in communications in a sort of strange way that led me to the path of fashion. I first started in communications in Washington, D.C. in politics. Then, so sorry to hear that. <laughs> then from there, I moved overseas and was in tech PR. Oh, I'm still sorry to hear that. And then okay, after that, in New York City on famed Fifth Avenue, getting more interesting. Oh, wow. I was more... in fashion PR where I dealt with branding and marketing. We're to so various envious things. of you. Yeah, oh. yeah. <laughs> the common thread in it is communication, presentation, showing your product, giving your message, whether it's politics, tech, or fashion, you have to get your message across. You have to get your brand across. And what are the ways in doing that? So today here at Fashion Speak, I was asked to speak about trade shows, how to win or lose at trade shows. So when I was in my former life in fashion in New York, We did a lot of trade shows. We showed every year in New York, every year in Vegas, and then we used to fly out to be attendees at shows in Milan and Paris. So I'm curious, I'm like really curious, because I actually actually know a little bit about this. So in terms of the trade show piece, it seems like that business is winding down and, and there's a lot more being ramped up online. Was that part of your message today or you know, how to show your particular items online in a different way? Or is it more the traditional trade show? I don't, I'm not going to say it's a traditional trade show. I think they both go hand in hand. You have to have some sort of visual appeal, and that is now your online presence. But also having a physical presence, be it at a trade show or sometimes brick and mortar, or now what we're calling pop-up stores were before the pop-up stores it yeah. used to be temporary a, locations is right that, uh-huh. but remember that used to be a trunk show back it, in the day uh-huh. and it exactly. went on for one uh-huh. day now <laughs> yeah. it goes on for months it goes on for months but people can see things so when you're at a trade show you have to have a visual presence online to back up what you're showing physically and vice versa 
Um, trade shows are great because you're walking the show and you never know what you're going to see or what you're going to come into or what new design is fascinating out there. It could be a small guy just starting out, small designer, and then they explode. I mean, I worked for a company that did fashion eyewear, and one of our brands was Rockaware. Another brand was Steve Madden. Steve Madden sold shoes out of the trunk of his car. Oh, Jay Z yeah, sold records uh-huh. out of the trunk uh-huh. of his car. So you never yeah, know. You never Steve's know. Steve's not I, doing that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's done well for himself. Yeah. 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 Thanks to you, apparently, right? <laughs> no, yeah. no. I wish I could take that credit, but no. <laughs> In terms of your consulting piece, at what point do some of these designers come to you? Do you see some of them coming to you immediately, or are they like, Oh, I've been making mistakes or the same thing or things just aren't getting out of the gate here. So now I need a consultant. At what point do you stop? I do both. I do um, the front end of it before they launch. I like to look at the website. I like to look at their PR pieces. I like to see what they have as far as are they brand cohesive? Are they telling me a story? What is this lifestyle about? Because at the end of the day, we're all consumers. At the end of the day, it has to be visually appealing and it has to get across. It is a branded lifestyle that you are selling and you're trying to tell that story in your pieces, in your colors, in your displays, in everything that you have. Look, One of the most recognizable logos in the world today, two of them, I'll give you. Let me guess. No. (laughs) Chanel. Oh, of course. You know, immediately. And then Levi's. Everybody used to love a pair of Levi jeans. Yeah. I remember, we're going back a ways, but when um, we had something called the Iron Curtain and there was, you know, marketing lines were blocked as far as free and fair markets everybody wanted a pair of levi's i mean that was huge that was a branded item and it went with a lifestyle that you knew of what what do you think made chanel so recognizable i think it's her whole story story that came together when she emerged how she had it and it was a woman at that time and that was uh, yeah at that time in paris unheard of but I think Paris, I think, uh, always had a different artistic vibe. That's true. They were ahead of everyone else in the fashion world. So in your in your speech today, what were the kind, because you only have so much time to talk, what were you focused on in terms of the trade show theme? So what was the great thing about how I presented today is I actually presented on the main floor. Oh, wonderful. So what we did is we, I did a little bit of a walking assignment. I introduced myself to told everybody what we're going to talk about. I said, we're going to walk around for five minutes. I want you to look at the booths to see what draws you in, what you like, what you don't like, what you don't like, be nice and don't say it out loud. But what is capturing your eye to that booth? What makes it aesthetically appealing as a whole vibe, a whole space, and a whole atmosphere? Then afterwards, we talked about that. It's not just, I have a gorgeous booth. Are the people in the booth engaging you to come in? Or are they looking down at their phone? Are they engaging you to come in? Do you feel cohesive? I said to them, I very specifically wore all black underneath and a white jacket because I am also part of the display. And walking around, because if I'm trying something on, if I'm trying accessories on, glasses or a jacket. You know the psychology behind it all. You need it not to distract from your pieces that you're trying to show. That's smart. Very smart. Who does this better than anybody else in terms of just your own feeling whether it's in Chicago or New York or the big retailers, and I, I understand there's different levels of this going on, but who really does it 
you know, top shelf job in terms of There's a lot of them, but there was a particular show that I was at. Now, when you're when you're doing trade shows, there's trade show experts, there's always booth designers that are top notch, and we're talking dollars here. So are you going to spend your dollars actually at a physical presence at a trade show, always at a trade show, or are you going to also use that towards marketing? So there's, there's those specifics and what you're backing it up with. But who does it better? I don't know. It depends on your product, too. You could have a fabulous booth, but if your product's not there... You're always, you're always obviously captured in by the top guys. I mean, I remember seeing Tom Ford's booth in Italy. Stunning. I remember seeing the Jeep Wrangler booth with a Jeep on like a second story, or you see things coming out that you don't realize. I mean, there's a you car hanging. Yeah, you gotta stand out. But I remember walking one trade show where somebody was on, on an end cap, and those spaces obviously are a little bit more expensive. And she had very simple her graphics pinned up, so it wasn't a lot of money in the sense of, but they had their graphics up. And I'll drop a name of what they were selling which this was maybe 15 years ago if not more and they had samples samples always go great too a I'm tote sure. bag yeah. sample everybody so wants to get something free, and it draws yeah, yeah. in it was the poopery spray oh <laughs> yeah she made a killing she made a killing after that because everybody was trying it and it was on your way to the bathroom wow oh, well, that's very brilliant, smart isn't it brilliant on your way to the concession stand into the bathroom that's brilliant and you remembered it because of the specific floral and i'm that sure they she had. doesn't own it anymore i'm sure that's been sold to Who some knows, you know, procter and gamble or somebody i remember <laughs> it still to this day so let me what i was going to ask you is in terms of the trade shows so if i'm an emerging designer today i'm here in detroit i came to this particular show and I'm going to ask you, where should I be next? I can be anywhere in the country. What's the, what are the big trade shows that I really need to be at in terms of fashion? Well, here's, here's what I'm going to ask you. What are your capacities and capabilities? Do you have the capability at this point in time to deliver all of that product that is going to be putting into an order? You don't necessarily want to be in a big department store because they have set amount of delivery, set amount of inventories, and they have different terms and return policies. Sometimes you do want to go to a specialty store because that way you can negotiate easier with the owner and you, in terms of designer or maker, know what you can produce, what your manufacturers can produce. There's something lead times, shipping times. you got to account for weather. If FedEx can't get through, they can't get through. So it all depends where you're at. It all depends where you're at. It all depends what season you're showing. It all depends in your inventory. There's a lot of factors. There's a lot of moving parts to it. But if you're somebody in the Detroit area and you want to show your designs, go into the shop where you want to be in. Go into the shop where you want to be in. Maybe you can work out a deal. Are you seeing the fashion shows themselves start to slow down or to disappear or to go away because we see so much of the fast fashion where we're just seeing all the seasons are run together so we're seeing a lot of the designers big designers are kind of backing out of this stuff or the big names are you seeing that the same things happening in the trade shows or what's the difference if i'm a designer should i be try to participate in a fashion show or should i be at the trade show if I can only be at one, what's better, that kind of thing. It depends at what stage that you're at, but you can certainly um, be in both. And obviously it's going to be where your dollars are going to have the most return. Now, if you're at a trade show, 
you're getting potential buyers, depending on what trade show you're at, that are going to see your product. If you're in a fashion show, you don't know what kind of press coverage that has and what other eyes are going to be seeing it, let's say, that are outside the industry. So it's a fine line, and there's research to be had because you have your product. Where do you want it to be? At the end of the day, where do you want it to be, and where do you see it being? And there's a cost factor. I, I, that's a tricky issue, for too, ex- in terms example, of a cost. For example, you're not going to have Chanel and Sears. Exactly. So you have to know where yeah. you're at. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a lot of brands that we worked on that were first coming out with handbags and they were rolling out in like four different categories and then they're now in 30 different categories. But one of them in particular came out with these beautiful uh, handbags with these leather pieces and appliques but they were pricing at 250 250 and up. Nobody knows your name yet. At 250 and up I'm going to get a branded item that I know. That's true. I'm going to get a branded item that graphic. I know. So where do you see yourself being? Know your price point. Obviously, in the beginning, it's going to be maybe a little lower, or you're going to be maybe more a little specialized in volumes, not there. But you have to also see what your capacity is at. Are you seeing the designers? Because I guess I'm interested more than, than just your background in PR, because you're immersed in the industry, right? So there's a lot of issues related to this industry, that's for sure. But one of the interesting things is this whole resale, massive growth in resale, billions and billions of dollars, especially the luxury resale market. Yes. So like you just mentioned, someone came out with a really great bag, and now I can go online and buy a Gucci or whatever bag I'm buying, you know, and it looks wonderful, and it may cost less than the one that you just spent time in. You know, so is so there some resale, weird competition going on? Yes. So the lines of fashion in presenting, showing, buying have been blurred. So back, let's say, 20, 30 years ago, unless it was an extremely sought of a vintage piece, we call it vintage, you wouldn't say you got it at resale. Now you're boasting of, look at this Gucci bag that I got at resale. So here, here's what's going on. There's luxury taxes around the world that we don't particularly have in the United States. I know that Australia has a huge luxury tax. You have luxury taxes that I I believe are also in Japan. So that's a cost factor. So maybe if somebody wants to off-sell their handbag so they can get a new one, it's also money in the economy. I don't know. I don't know how, how designers feel about that, per se. At the end of the day, is somebody still wearing it again? Are you still having name? Are you still having visibility? Sure, still visibility. But I'm sure they want you to. They want them to buy a new one. Well, so does a car dealership. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You know, there's always going to be used goods that people. Yeah, that's true. And it's good quality. They last for so long. It's good quality. Then you're going to go back to it. That's true. You're going to go. But they're going to. It's going to last longer too. But then getting back to your fast fashion. I mean, you have your stores of fast fashion and resale and this and that. I think more in terms of fashion, we have to understand what that's doing environmentally. Exactly. That's another issue. Yeah, this is sustainability I mean, we, we can issue. Go on we day. can go on we, and on. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're just, that's why we hired you, right? <laughs> <laughs> we, sure. Yeah, we would love to have you back we'll see you next week. Sure. Yeah. Where can we find you um, on online? You can go to my Instagram, Ephrodita07. At Instagram, you'll find me there. Oh, okay, that's a personal Instagram page over there. What are we going to see there? Are we seeing family you're gonna, photos? You're going to see family fashions? photos, but if you need to DM me, that's where you can find me. I'm usually more word of mouth. Oh, oh, okay. it's very 
Very. You got to know me. Yeah, yeah. But luckily, you're friends. So yeah, yeah. We we know you now. You're, you know, luckily, you're friends. But it's mostly is word of mouth. Okay. Word of mouth business for people that I've worked with. Great. Thank you, Efrediti. It was <laughs> nice to meet you today. And hopefully, we'll see you on the next episode. Yes. Thank you for thank having you so me. Much. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe, tell a friend, and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also visit us on our website at fashioncastpodcast.com. I'm Christine. And I'm Michael. Stay beautiful.